Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, welcome back to another episode of Parker's Pensies. This is a podcast where we explore thoughts in philosophy, theology, nature, and life. I love thinking about cool stuff, so come think with me. Will dogs be in heaven? More importantly, will my dog be in heaven? Will Scruffy be waiting for me at the pearly gates, ready to lick my face and beg for people food? I don't know. I'm going to go in a little bit more in, uh, in depth on how much I don't know and why I don't know and some considerations from a Christian perspective. But lest you guys think that I'm like not excited about that, that I don't think about this question very seriously. I do. I love dogs. I seriously love that. I'm a millennial in that way. I, I don't have a, a dog uh, child yet. I'm not a dog father or whatever, you weirdos. But uh, I love dogs. So just to show you how much I love dogs, I want to read a poem that I wrote about terriers because I grew up with a wire fox terrier, and then after him, two Lakeland terriers. I love dogs, you know, and I, I love dogs so much that I even like the weird ones like terriers. So this poem's called Terrible Terriers. They bark, they yap, they yip, they yarp. These dogs, they do not quit. They'll eat you out of house and home, and on your floor, they'll poop. Short and stout, with chest puffed out, they rule your house as lord. That is, until that noise so shrill, they hear the ironing board. You may hate, they obey late, and often they're aloof, but push their trigger and you'll snicker their flip side is a goof. With big long snouts, these little louts will sniff at anything. They will finagle, they'll get your bagel and that last chicken wing. With a will of their own, they make it known which way they will peruse. Walks are fine, but cars sublime. They'll always take a cruise. They'll snarl and bite with all their might if you mess with their lunch. To face those jaws, invest in gauze. Expect an awful crunch. Sturdy and tough, that little puff sure is a noble beast. Stubborn, not dumb, the little chum is persistent to say the least. With sheer willpower within an hour, they best all barriers. By now you've guessed them from the rest, they're terrible terriers. Okay, so I love dogs. I write poems about dogs. Dogs are my jam. Love it. But are they going to be in heaven? Like, I can't just write them in. I don't know. I'm, I'm a dog person, though. Like I, so I really want this. Look, some of you guys, you had to beg your, your parents for a dog. I can't remember a time without a dog. I was, I was born in a dog family, molded by it, and I didn't know what it was like to not have a dog till I was already a man. That's, that's my little Bane impression there, but my family's a dog family. All of our conversations at dinner end up talking about dogs and dog stories. My childhood dog, Scruffy, was a full-blown member of the Sedicase family. Growing up, my big brothers tried to convince me that Scruffy was 
my big brother and that I was actually adopted from the pound. Scruffy was like six months older than me, so they, they called him my big brother. This is this is actually getting kind of dark, <laughs> existential crisis here. I love dogs. My family loves dogs. When I would go home, I would greet my dogs before I would greet my parents. I pull up next to people who are walking their dogs to let them know how beautiful their pups are. And sometimes I get out and pet them if they're going to let me. Now, uh, in COVID times, it's a little bit more risky to jump out of your car and, and pet someone's dog, but I'll still do it. I love a good dog. I really, really do. But with that said, um, let no one call me like an anti, anti-dogist anti or anything like that. So just keep that in mind as we answer this question, will dogs be in heaven? So so what happens to dogs? Is there like a, is there a dog heaven? Do dogs share heaven with us? There are a lot of different directions that we could go in an effort to answer this question, but there's a certain direction I think that we shouldn't go in answering this question. And that's the direction of our happiness. When my dad had to put down Scruffy, our childhood wire fox terrier, uh, who he was, he was 14 years old. So, I mean, legit, this dude was part of our family. We were all pretty distraught. He was just a dog, but, you know, we really considered him to be uh, one of us. He was a set of case. So all you dog people out there, you're, you're definitely going to understand this. But the Sunday after we put Scruff down, my dad asked a close friend if he thought that Scruffy was in heaven. My dad, like, way over-personifies animals. Uh, we, we bought a, uh, a male turtle for this female turtle. We ended up getting two female turtles. My dad was like, what, so uh, Spotty, the turtle we already had, she doesn't get a husband? Because <laughs> he thought that, like, turtles, you know, uh, are pronounced in holy matrimony. They're, they're not. So my dad definitely over-personifies dogs a little too too much. But he asked one of his friends on Sunday morning, you think Scruffy's in heaven? My dad's friend, you know, full of good intentions said, well, Jim, if you need Scruffy to be happy in heaven, then he'll be there. And I used to find this answer pretty soothing. But then the more I read my Bible and pondered on this answer, which I've found to be pretty uh, a pretty common answer in evangelical circles, the more preposterous I found it to be. So let's pose this pithy answer in the form of a question and then answer it in the affirmative. Do you need your dog to be happy in heaven? Yes, I do. Well, then your dog will be in heaven. But I don't think we can answer the question this way, at least not from like a real Christian perspective. You're you're telling me that when you die and you get to see your maker face to face, the king of glory, the divine logos, the savior of the world, the one who knit you together in your mother's womb, you're going to say, hey, you know, I know that you're all glorious and stuff, God, but like, do you know where my dogs are? Where's Scruffy at? I'm not going to be happy up here, wherever up here is, right? Uh, I'm not going to be happy here in heaven in your presence unless I can see my dog. That's like the definition of idolatry. That's not right. That's worshiping the creation over the creator. That's literally exchanging the glory of the immortal God for a dog. Like for a dog, a terrier. It's it's not right. I understand that. Well, Park, you're thinking too much about this. That's what I do. That's why you listen to this podcast. We think too much about stuff. But really think about what you're doing there. If you think you need your dog to be happy in heaven, then you don't understand the relationship between God and man, that we are made for him and our hearts are restless until they're found in him, not until they're found in Scruffy, dude. Scruffy makes a terrible God, even though he made a a terrific dog. So don't switch the letters around in that word there. No, we'll be happy in heaven because we're... We'll be both with our God, 
the one for whom we've been made, the fountain of all joy, from whom every blessing comes. And because we'll be with each other in union together without sin. Like, it's going to be awesome. No eye has seen, nor ear heard, and no heart of man has imagined what God has prepared for us, for those who love him. And we will be overwhelmed with God's goodness in heaven, with or without our dogs. And, you know, let's not forget, the Bible talks about a, a new heaven and a new earth. And so heaven's not just the end goal. Like, it's not a good thing to just be disembodied floating around. God made us to be embodied spirits. So we're talking right now just about heaven in the in the place of waiting. When I die, like today, let's say I get hit by a bus and I go to heaven, will Scruffy be there? That's the answer we're, we're asking. Not, will Scruffy be in the new earth, the new physical thing? Uh, place when I have a new glorified body. So in light of this uh, implication, we'd have to answer the question, do you need your dog to be happy in heaven? We'd have to answer that in the negative. No, we won't need our dog in heaven in order to be happy. To which the answer follows, then no, your dog will not be in heaven. So do you see why this is a bad question? Because it's predicated on our happiness, which should be uh, grounded in seeing our maker, not in seeing our dog. So you can see why I'm starting to dislike this pithy saying. But while it might be an easy way to placate a troubled and grieving dog owner, its implications, they're they're not actually that comforting, a little bit more blasphemous. So I'm afraid we've turned a secondary thing like dogs into a first thing, which only God can fill. As C.S. Lewis says in his essay, First and Second Things, the woman who makes a dog the center of her life loses, in the end, not only her human usefulness and dignity, but even the proper pleasure of dog keeping. What he's getting at is that if we seek first things, we end up with first and second things. But if we seek second things, we'll miss both. If we seek to be filled solely through our dogs, we'll end up hating them because they could never live up to that duty. But if our desires are properly ordered with God as the first order desire that we seek, then we can care for our dogs to his glory. So dogs are a secondary thing. God is a first thing, a first degree thing. If we aim for God, we can get dogs in their proper place as companions, as pets. But if we put dogs above God and we're using God as a means to get more from our dog, to get more dogs, whatever, that's completely backwards. That's worshiping the creature rather than the creator. Well, then, you know, how do we answer the question, Mr. Smarty Park? That's the thing of it. I don't think we can answer this question, at least not the specific question, will my dog be in heaven? As for dogs in general, yes, I think there will be dogs in the new heavens and the new earth. I'm I'm sneaking back into the new earth uh, question there. Remember, you know, heaven is not the end goal. So there will be a new earth and animals are a good thing. God created them and he said that they were good. He created us and said that we're very good and we are the thinking animal. We are the imago dei animal put here to exercise dominion over God's creation, dominion to rule over it as God would, to be his arbiters here on earth. So animals are a good thing. Like that's great. I think that there's going to be dogs. I just don't know about like my specific dog. So yeah, I think dogs are part of God's good creation. That's for sure. In the beginning, God created the dog kind. You know, he, he brought animals forth according to their kind. Maybe not a, a specifically a wire fox terrier, but he certainly made dogs to be good. So I see no reason why God wouldn't reestablish a good dog kind in the new heavens and new earth. But he is God. If he chooses not to, then that will be good too. I, I think that'd be really sad. I hope he doesn't. 
But again, when I have this renewed mind uh, and soul and desires, I'm not going to be thinking anything sad when I'm in the presence of the living God. So what about Scruffy? Yeah, I still don't think we can give a solid answer on that. I've heard a lot of people use Revelation 21.5, Behold, I'm making all things new. In order to say the animals uh, who lived on this earth and died on this earth will be made uh, new, will be brought back to life. I think that's a really big stretch. I've heard a lot of staunch uh, fundamentalists rail against any idea that animals have a soul or even a life force, calling all such ideas pagan. I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know that it necessarily, maybe the pagans got something right. Well, that's paganism. Okay, for sure. But they lived in God's world. They were God's image bearers. Maybe they were onto something that is important. Maybe animals have like spirits, but they don't have souls. Maybe we should hold to a trichotomist view of uh, beings. That maybe, you know, human beings have a spirit which like animates them just like a tree is animated. I'm not talking about animism. I'm not going to start worshiping a tree, but animals have, uh, trees have some kind of life force that drives them to live, to reproduce. That They're alive, right? So maybe they have spirits, but not souls. And so we're not overly personifying them by saying that they have a life force. Well, this is, you know, getting into Star Wars and the Force. I'm not, I'm not trying to do that. I'm just trying to think about what's up. So just calling it pagan doesn't mean that it's wrong. Maybe the pagans got it right. If, the, if a pagan thought it was wrong to beat their wife, what, should we disagree with them because they're a pagan? No, they were onto something, which we would say is probably inconsistent with their worldview. But they live in God's world. They're God's image bearer. And so they can get things right. Maybe they got this part right. Maybe we should be trichotomous about the soul. But it's really strange to me because animals are clearly alive. They, they clearly have their own personalities. My dog Scruffy was different than other wire fox terriers. But did he have like an immortal soul? I don't know. I don't think he was like a rational soul. I don't think he was. He had a concept of I of the subjective perspective. Maybe that's not all that a soul is. He certainly was not made in God's image, like I was, like I am. So there's seriously a qualitative difference between dog kind and human kind, right? So I'm just not sure. I affirm that they're good creatures that uh, God made. There's, I mean, there can be bad dogs, right? That's a whole other problem. But the kind of dog is good. God made good wolves or proto dogs or wild dogs or dingoes or wherever we got our dogs from, he made them good. So that seems like a, a good thing. But so how would a dog like Scruffy, what's the mechanism by which God holds his personality and his like consciousness together and brings it to heaven? If a dog kills a person in the old, old covenant, you're supposed to stone that dog to death. If any animal kills a person, you stone it to death. Does that mean it's like morally culpable or is that a purely pragmatic thing? That Was that a bad bull if it gored some lady? Did, did, was it intentionally doing that? Was it an evil bull? Or was it a pragmatic thing to kill it in case once it killed once, it felt more you know comfortable killing again? Or like what? What was the purpose behind doing that? I don't think that we're given an answer to that. I don't know that bulls can be morally corrupt and morally evil, but that has to play into whether we think they go to heaven or not. Like, is there a covenant of works for animals that's different than the the covenant of grace that we experience? Like, I don't know. This is weird. We're getting into personifying animals a little bit too much for my liking. Do animals have to keep some moral law where they ought to know that hurting a human is wrong. Like what about ants? You know, so if God's making all things new, does that mean he's making all ants new? Every ant that was ever born, ever hatched out of its egg or whatever, every single one's going to come back. 
Is there enough room on the planet? We'll park. He, he's going to make a new one. Okay. Okay, fine. He's going to make a new earth, which could accommodate all roaches and all ants and everything that ever existed. God could do that for sure. Is that what he's going to do? I don't know, man. I, I really don't know. I think it's a weird thing to think about. I don't think an ant has a soul. I don't think an ant is held to a covenant of works where they have a moral law where they know thou shalt not bite a human because it's God's image bearer. I don't think they have reflective thoughts like that, reflexive thoughts. So I don't even know how God would judge them as moral or immoral, letting them that ant into heaven or not into heaven. So as you can see, man, I'm I'm just spinning my wheels here because there are certain things that the Bible is silent on. And I think this is one of them. I know that if we want to use that reasoning of if you need your dog to be in heaven, to be to be happy in heaven, then you'll have them. That's that's wrong. I think that's definitely wrong because implications are not biblical. <laughs> I think they are adulterous. I, I idolatrous. Idolatrous. So will my dog Scruffy be in heaven? I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm kind of thinking no. I kind of think that he kind of snuffed out into nothing. Does that mean God's bad? No, God. God was gracious enough to give Scruffy a home like ours. He was he was gracious to let Scruffy ever have life. If God wants to let him be annihilated, maybe we're annihilationists con- concerning animal life, animal spirits, whatever the heck they have that animates them. I'm I'm totally fine with that. I could totally see that happening. If God were to hold together like all mammals, that that seems a little bit arbitrary. Uh, why why like a mammal like a pig? even though, you know, pigs are very smart, or a dog, which are really personable and have like a really good personality. Why hold them together, but not like octopi or octopuses, whatever? Um, they're way more smart. Like they're, they're very, very smart creatures. Is smartness the thing that, that God looks at when he's holding them together? Is it cleverness? Is it their connection to humans? You know, Roger Scruton talked a little bit about that with our uh, in our first podcast. I quoted from Roger Scruton's book, animal rights and wrongs, where he talked about our duty to an animal based on our relationship to them, uh, whether we've taken them in as pets, uh, whether they're livestock, whether they're wild, we have different orientations towards them. And with those orientations come different moral duties. So I'm sorry to just uh, not give us a, a solid answer here. I straight up do not know if dogs will be in heaven or if Scruffy will be in heaven. I think that generic dogs will be the category of dog-ness. I'm not sure in like the intermediate state when we're just disembodied spirits uh, or souls with God, but certainly in the new heavens and the new earth, there'll be dogs. Will Scruffy be there? I don't know. Could God do it? Yes. Will he? Does it fit his purposes? I don't know. No, I'm not sure. So why don't you let me know what you guys think and leave some of your reasoning. Like give me an argument for what you think, whether there will be dogs in heaven in the intermediate state, whether there'll be specific dogs that we've owned in the intermediate state, and then whether you think there'll be dogs in the new heavens and the new earth, just the the general kind of dogs, or um, whether you think that specific dogs like Scruffy will be resurrected and given a a new glorified body in the new heavens and the new earth. I, I seriously want to hear from you guys. So let me know. We could talk about this more. I could spin my wheels all day on this topic, but uh, that's that's enough for now. That's going to have to be it. So uh, as always, this has been Parker said, uh, Parker's Pensies and all glory to God, even in crazy questions like, will my dog be in heaven? Peace.